Welcome to episode 5 of Hostile Environment, coming to you from the new and improved Hostile Studio. We did invest in a new table that we got for free, so not much of an investment on our part. The origin of the Hostile started when I said that I wanted to go to Europe and stay in That's Austin. right. I totally <laughs> forgot. I forgot the entire origin story. Yeah, yeah. Katie wanted to stay in hostels, and she said the exciting part about it was to see what other hot couples were going to be in the hostel. <laughs> I didn't say couples. And, yeah. Oh, okay. What other hot dudes were going to be in the hostel? Specifically Jimmy Garoppolo, I think. <laughs> no, that was you that brought that point Sam, up. Sam, Jimmy was a lot Look, if I'm in a hostel and Jimmy G just happens to be there, that's two good Italian men just butt-fucking each other. <laughs> We're just doing it for the bloodline. We have to keep our bloodline pure. Same goes for me and Joe Burrow. We're making Mussolini proud here. (laughs) But anyway, I expressed my fondness and love towards hostels and hot people being under one roof. And that just kind of coined the name for the house which we, we call the hostel. Four hot people living under one roof. Yeah, yeah, you know, we don't actively bang each other or passively bang each other. But as me and Dewey were explaining it's to a two bit of people, a static environment. Yeah, as Dewey and I were explaining to two people on the beach on Fourth of July, you know, we're leaving the door open for ten years from now. I mean, you know. <laughs> Every every marriage gets lonely at some point. But we definitely joke about it every day. Yes, we joke about it every single day. Yeah, we joke about it. You know, Sam puts his penis in my mouth, and he's like, ha-ha, got you, bro. And I'm like, oh, you silly little guy, you. Katie just runs around showing hole, and she's like, tee-hee. And we're like, oh, you. She's just like, Katie, put that hole away. Yeah, and that's... then Hannah takes a shit on the floor. <laughs> that's a day in the life of the hostel. That, it really that was is. Tuesday for us. That was, that's yeah. just that's a Tuesday. Not even just the Fourth of July Tuesday. Yeah, no, that's normal. But no, yes. once we get to weekends, that's when shit really turns up. Yeah, yeah, and then so that's we when get the toes come the out. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's it's we love the hostel. It's good times all the time. We throw amazing themed parties, and yeah. I can honestly it's like the, say the greatest. I've stayed in several European hostels in my lifetime. I'd say more than I can count on one hand. And very minimal other hot people there. It depends, like, if you're at a nicer hostel, you know, where it's like not 10 euros a night, it's like. 50 euros a night it's almost like a fucking hotel at that point but you just sleep in a room with other people there aren't that many people who are there like trying to have weird european orgies if you're at a cheap hostel 10 euros a night there's tons of people there trying to have european orgies but they're all poor ugly and potentially just homeless people from the streets of whatever city you're in. But when we take the pod abroad, once again, we will be staying in hostels. We'll be recording live from hostels all across Europe, specifically um, Ireland. All the hot countries. 
Yeah. Yeah. Specifically, Ireland, um, Germany, Sweden. Got a party two days. We have to go to the Netherlands. I'm really yeah. excited that we have regained our international <laughs> audience. I know, you know, we were devastated last episode to learn that we lost it all, but it's regained 100% back. We have one New Zealand listener. And I think it's all due to Katie's accent, really. Yeah. yeah, vibes. I think it's probably like a hobbit or somebody living on the old set of Lord of the Rings. Honestly, they probably heard my golem voice. And <laughs> that's, that, so that's what it is, actually. <laughs> it's not Katie's accent. It's not. No, it's I mine. actually heard, I like felt, listening back to the episode, secondhand embarrassment from that. Uh, listeners, I don't know how you felt about it, but I was uncomfortable. Um, which makes me think of other things that I am uncomfortable that maybe other people like feel are is totally normal. Um, but like, there are just certain things that I feel uncomfortable doing that are normal to other people. Do you guys feel that way? Yes, very much. Would you care to elaborate? Well, I kind of have a little list. Okay, uh, go on. Okay, Anna. go of off. a few things. Well, okay, so my main my main one that I can't. Like, it's embarrassing for no reason, but when you get, like, a fresh pair of new shoes and they're, like, white, like, they are, like, brand new Air Forces out of the package and you wear them out and people are like, oh, my God, are those new shoes? And I'm like, God damn it. Just let me wear them and don't talk about it because it's embarrassing for you to keep pointing out that I just bought new shoes. See, and I think that's very embarrassing. Anything with, like, any new outfit and they're like, <coughs> is that new? And I'm like, yeah, just don't talk about it again. I would think See, that's why you buy new outfits. Yeah, I feel like I like when people are like, oh, is that new? Because I'm like, yeah, because I have money. And then you lie Bitch. and you're like, oh, I thrifted it. But really, it's from Target. No, I'm like, oh, this whole thing? Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't... you just have to flex on them and lie. Like, oh, that's these? Cute. I've had this forever. And they're fresh out of the box. Like, just order them. I feel weird because we live in a beach town. And every morning I get up and I drive to work in, like, professional attire. And everyone can see me. Like, I drive a very beachy mobile. It has surf stickers on it. A lot of times there's surf boards in the back. Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm driving, like, wearing you know, professional clothing, like yeah. collared shirts and belts. Party on the outside, business on the inside. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like everyone who sees me, like, they're all on vacation or whatever, and they just look through my windshield, and they're like, who the fuck is this square going to work? He looks like a goddamn accountant. I've passed you at least <laughs> twice, and I've thought those exact words in my head. <laughs> yeah, no, that was going to be mine. Whenever I'm in my work clothes, like my 9 to 5 office clothes, and I go literally anywhere, especially because I am adamantly, like, I do not wear shoes anywhere. I'm a barefoot person. And whenever I wear shoes in like the gas station or like in, in a restaurant, like when I'm at work and I see people looking at me, I just, ugh, it makes me so, it, yeah. Well, it gives of me, course people ugh. are gonna look at you when you wear your nipple tassels because like, <laughs> come on. They are looking at your shoes. Yeah, come on now. Sorry, sorry. You can't yeah. wear your work uniform in public because, R.I.P. You know, headlights. Hey, my nipples are up here, guys. Stop looking at my <laughs> shoes or lack Stop. thereof. Stop looking at my t pigs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dogs. <laughs> Look at these pigs, not those pigs. No, another, and like going off of living in a beach town, another unbearably embarrassing thing is carrying all your stuff off the beach at the end of the day. Like, 
And honestly, more so putting your stuff on the beach, setting up a tent on the beach at the beginning of the day. I, on the 4th of July, I got up at 6.30 in the morning. I was on the beach at 7 a.m. setting up the tent so nobody else was on the beach watching me do it. It is excruciatingly embarrassing and i don't know why it's like a normal thing that people do but i just cannot stand it i take pride in walking out on the beach with just a towel if i like i feel like if i walk out to the beach and all i have is a towel like everyone looks at me and they're like oh that guy you know he fucking lives here (laughs) all he needs is a towel and he is the happiest clam he doesn't have three kids like three sacks of beach toys (laughs) yeah and the other day when we were on the beach and we did not bring shoes any of us and the sand was 130 degrees and we were walking off the beach you know all of our feet were blistering up we were crying and it was terrible but speak for yourself none of us were wearing shoes so everybody could tell that we live here because built diff the tourists they're wearing shoes and they have fucking long sleeve surf shirts on that's how you know that they are not from here that's actually one of my favorite things to observe is right around 3 p.m when the sun peaks the hand the sand is the hottest and everyone starts to slowly leave and just people freaking out because they didn't bring shoes in and they're just kids are screaming crying Mom's like, throw the towel down, throw the towel down. It's- and they're like, I can't. <laughs> yeah, no. One time when I was little, my brother and my mom uh, and I were walking off the beach, and Jack had his boogie board strapped like crossbody across him, and my mom did not know that it was strapped across him so she tried to yank it off of him to stand on the boogie board because it was on hot sand but she ended up just pushing him down and standing on his back pushing his whole body into the hot sand and standing on the boogie board uh that's every that's all i think about when the sand is scorching hot so that's why he has all that scarring on the front of his body that's so that's, that's how with the horrible disfigurements from yeah that's that's why his hair is actually bleached uh white it's from the sand when he was eight <laughs> shoved in the sand exactly yeah definitely i try to if i'm by myself i try to just tough it out and walk like everything is normal you know when i'm with you guys or when i'm with other people in general like i'll go ahead and do the hot step but when it's just me especially if i'm surfing i'll just like carry my board and just try and like do a stoic walk off the beach with like 200 degree sand or whatever just like blistering my feet just to look like a badass no you gotta go with the like you know about 10 steps once they start cooking once the dogs are a little hot you know medium well you gotta bury them you gotta dig them in you know i had to do that i was lifeguarding this was last summer and this guy dislocated his shoulder and i had to walk him over the dune because we had to call ems and it was a hike over the dune we were down south and this guy was talking to me, and I was like, it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. And on the inside, I am like, oh, my God. I think my feet are actually going to fall off. But I couldn't leave him and run to, like, the shaded dune area because this guy's, like, crying, dislocated shoulder. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, and I was walking so slowly, and it was hurting so bad. It was actually did, horrible. Did he have shoes on? Yes. <laughs> because I was going to say, maybe the key is, if you need to get through hot sand, just dislocate your shoulder. No, he <laughs> had shoes on, walking very slow. And I was walking with him, because I couldn't just leave him. And I actually almost started crying. It hurt so bad. Yeah, no, that's when you hope that you know the guard on duty, so you can walk along the shoreline, walk up 
and then just by the time you get to the stand your feet are feeling a little spicy and you're like <laughs> dig them in hey what's up how's it going is it slow today and then you talk to them for a minute and then sprint just fucking haul ass off the beach <laughs> yeah definitely uh the hot sand is a big embarrassing thing yeah well well the other most embarrassing thing that i don't personally uh you know i'm not part of this group but i feel secondhand embarrassment for people that have androids if i see a green text message i am gagging i literally feel nauseous i cannot do it especially if they also do smeagol voices (laughs) (laughs) i feel a little no no. Okay. What did we say? What did we say? That's Stitch. No <laughs> voices. No. You don't no, have to. No. no. Please okay. don't. You don't have to okay. redeem yourself. Guys, you just took a big mm. breath. About to do it. I'm being censored on this podcast. Yes. I don't know how to feel about it. But this podcast would like to go on record, and we are anti-Android. Um, no, I think we're pro-Android. We are anti-Android. After you played with that thing tonight? Yeah, she did. What? She what? she was playing with that thing. She was <laughs> whipping that toolie around. She, it, it was honestly like stylus. Katie with a penis, really. She was flipping around, you know. She showing take, everybody at the bar. She was taking pictures. Sticking it in things. <laughs> we can give Renal a shout out. You know, Renal is one of our faithful listeners and he can get a shout out. But he did make the fatal error of buying an Android today. A nice one. An S23, whatever, Ultra Max crazy bullshit. Guys, Four that, cameras. that is a social crucifixion and right then he, there. He texted me from his new phone. He got a new number and everything. Uh, and he, he was like, can you add me back to the group chat? And I saw it pop up in green and I was like... I actually can't add you back to the group chat. You just need to make a new one because you fucking got an Android. We had 20 people or something in this group chat. Everyone had an iPhone. Sacrilegious, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're just conditioned to when you see a green text message, it's like... Your pussy just dries up. Yeah. It's Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. You gotta wait... What what was the um the thing you showed you? Just- yeah, you have to wait like three dates. If you're dating a girl and you use an Android, do not show it to her for at least three dates because she will fucking swerve out of your way. Yeah, you have to communicate via kick. Until <laughs> 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 kick. Yeah, that way they up? can't see your green text messages. I forgot that kick was even a thing. Oh my gosh, kick you is so oh, ingrained God. into. Clearly, you never went to Panama City Beach in high school for spring breaking catfished people. That I kick was kick. I remember people being like on Tinder, like back in the day, people would be like, what's your kick and shit like that. And I thought they were just misspelling kink, honestly. And I was like, that was very forward of you. That's hilarious. But I'm pretty sure Kick had green messages, like Androids, right? I was just personally asking for people's Picto chats (laughs) at that era of my life, you know? Yeah, like, hit me. I'll be on Picto chat in the condo tonight at Panama City Beach. Like, draw your titties for me. Chat room C. Guys, nothing hit harder. I mean, Sam, I'm sure you can relate childhood swim meets picto chat went off you know you get 400 kids 800 kids in one small location those picto room chat rooms are full dude and everyone's drawn just you know penises penises a bunch of messages that quickly get defaced with penises um you could draw beautiful pictures that quickly get defaced with penises 
honestly, it, it was a lot like Omegle. It was pretty just, much just me and Dewey drawing penises on everything, though. No, yeah, see, that's what it sounds I'm, like. See, my goal was to always just get the whole screen colored in black. I and would, then yeah. someone would yeah. come in and try and erase it. And then it was a battle, you know, who could color it or uncolor it faster. What's that thing they do it on Reddit? Like uh, our place, r slash place. Yep. Yeah, every year. Mm-hmm. The, it was originally Picto Chat. I defended just... the uh, the Ravens place pretty hard. It was right next to the Steelers one, the Steelers Penguin one, and um, there was a constant battle. But I placed something like fifty six squares, and I defended it. We would all use Picto Chat on like field trips on the school bus. We'd all be going to like an hour long field trip, and then one time I was taking a nap, and I gave this like kid in my class my DS, and I was like, "Oh, like I'm gonna take a nap. You can use my DS for Picto Chat." I don't know what he said, but it all got me in a lot of trouble. Hannah's on a watch list. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden my teacher is like, "Hannah," and I'm like asleep, and she's like, "Why did you say this?" I'm like, "That literally wasn't me," and she's like, "Your name's right here." I got my DS taken. I was in so much trouble. And then from then on out, Picto Chat was banned from the school bus. She yeah. was just drawing poops. No, nope. I wasn't. I was asleep. It was someone else. People didn't really bring like Game Boys, DS, PSP, like anything like that to school. But I got my first phone in fifth grade, and I was kind of like a late person getting their first phone. What? It was not. It really? was not. It was not an what? iPhone. It was not an iPhone. Well, like a chocolate. I got, uh, no, I got it an had LG a, chocolate. That was yeah. my first phone in screen. eighth grade. It had a touchscreen on the front, and then it flipped open for a keyboard and had a screen on the inside. Yeah, like the the rumor. It wasn't. People. No, it wasn't the one that slid. Like I don't actually know what one it is. I've never seen anybody who had that phone. But I was like a like my birthday is in late April, so by fifth grade birthday, most of my whole entire class already had cell phones. Really. In. in early fifth grade um so people didn't really have the need to bring like picto chat whatever to school because all of us already had cell phones so did you guys never have like people passing notes in class like when i was in middle school especially like people used to fold shit up and slide notes like um, you'd fold them into like little paper footballs and slide them like on the floor and then your friend would catch it with their foot and slowly sneak it up to their hand and then like open it up and be like, do you want to go out with me? No, we would do that at my school. I remember we were watching a movie one time and I was in fourth grade and there was this winter dance and this guy put this note in my desk and it was like, will you go to the winter dance with me? And I didn't want to and I threw the note away and pretended like I never saw it. <laughs> The only time I, like, remember having a passing your, notes, like... Your red receipts were off, Hannah. <laughs> they were off. <laughs> I crumpled it up, threw it in the trash can, never spoke about it again. Well, when I was in middle school and uh, I refused to date this guy, he told me that he was going to put out a cigarette on my face and then burn down my house with a cigarette, so... Something tells me that kid had a fucked up childhood. When I was in middle school, it's okay. I was a fucking absolute menace. Like, I honestly used to just get up, stand up. I would have my old, like, Baker skateboard for my life. (laughs) Stand up for your life. (laughs) Um, No, I would just stand up in the middle of class, ride my skateboard out of the classroom door, tell my teacher to go fuck off, and then I'd just skate down the hallways and just, like, go 
explore the school for several periods and he like was not a punk. report. She did ballet. That's what that reminds <laughs> not me. Of. All of us had that luxury, Sam. Some of us, our moms taught in the same middle school that oh, we attended. It got so and if bad. you acted up, the teacher didn't send you to the principal's office. She just sent you to your mom's classroom. <laughs> it got so bad. Like when I was in eighth grade, I was in in-school suspension for more than forty days. It got so bad that my mom came to school with me and sat in class with me for a week and would just sit at the desk next to me in every class. And yeah, that definitely hemmed it in to some degree, but honestly, I didn't really get over my, you know, little rebellious badass phase for, I don't know, a year or two after that until I got really hardcore grounded because I got an F. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that saved me really was I was heavily, heavily addicted to World of Warcraft at the time, and my parents took away my access to World of Warcraft and until I brought my grades up, and then I started getting good grades, and now I'm like a successful young person. So basically you could say that World of Warcraft saved your life. I would say it's ruined more lives than it's saved, but for me, This is it a did personal success story right here. Personally, so, I owe my life to Blizzard Entertainment. Honestly, well, for me, um, I don't know if you guys had, like, you know, school epidemics. I don't know what to call it. School troublemakers. So, for me, like, in elementary school, like, the personal, like, I, I guess, epidemic or plague that was sweeping the nation was the latest fad of Heelys. Heelys are brand new on the scene. Everyone had to have one. Obviously, I had to get a pair. Mine weren't the cool, you know, skater shoe one, but I at least had a, you know, lame runner shoe looking version. You know, all that mattered was they had wheels on them and I could scoot my little ass up and down those hallways. But just like anything in life, a few bad apples spoil the bunch. And, you know, a few kids got in trouble scooting down those halls, got to the point the principal literally every morning when you walked into school, the principal sat there with a Healy, like the key to pop wheels out. And every single kid had to show the heels of their shoes and prove there were no wheels in it. And if you walked up with heels, he popped them out and they got stuck in a drawer and you got turned them back in at the end of the day. One of the last things that I ever did on Twitter.com was write a letter, like a notes letter, to Healy's, the brand, to please make me a size 14 Healy because they only made up to size 13. And I've had a size 14 shoe since I was 14 years old. I've never been able to have Healy's. I have seriously considered trying to make some for myself. Well, do they not make them nowadays? They do not. Well, okay. Well, let's keep this letter writing campaign going. I want all of our at least 100 listeners at this point to write into Healy's.com. We need a size 14 shoe. Um, This could actually maybe even be our first sponsor. Healy's, yeah. Real deal sponsor. Um, Brought to you by hectic middle schoolers and Healy's. I will say at my Catholic school, they also checked all of our shoes going into school. And we had carpeted hallways. Mm -hmm. So I don't really understand why it was such a big thing. Because you couldn't even use them in the school. But they would check everyone's like shoes that even looked like a Healy 
and would pop the wheels out of all of them. Heelys was a full-on Shark Tank level invention before Shark Tank existed. Like, whoever came up with that is a fucking genius. Yeah, I don't think people at my school really... It wasn't a big enough problem for them to, like, do the fucking whole metal detector shoe check thing. Um, But I know for a fact that whenever I went to, like, Sam's Club, Costco with my mom, my mom would take her car key and pop the wheels out of Jack and I's Heelys because we were being so fucking annoying. Uh, I don't, I think I like lost the wheels to several pairs of Heelys just because they got popped out in Costco and like got set on a shelf and forgotten. So. Damn. Costco has some nice floors for healing. Oh, it's so good. It's, yeah, it's prime healing territory. My elementary school, there was a little ramp that went up that the cafeteria (laughs) was slightly (laughs) elevated. And so there was a little ramp for, I guess, handicap access or whatever. But that was the ramp, guys. That was the one you went down it. You, it was just long enough to catch a little bit of speed. And then you could whip this little drift around the corner right through the hallway that was the money zone. It just spit you out right into the main corridor of the whole school. That's the, where it was at. I have no idea how you guys like know what your middle school looks like. Like I think I would have an actual brain aneurysm trying to think of the layout of my middle school. It's because I was scarred there. Yeah, I remember because <laughs> I was kind of traumatized. Who touched you there? But no, for me, it was was because my elementary school and middle school were mirror images of each other. They were the exact same school, 50 feet apart, mirror image, same school. My my middle school got knocked down like two years in and I moved to a separate one. Because of all the abuse you suffered there? No, just because my first middle school was built in like the 1890s or whatever. (laughs) Wait, did you guys ever have like class uh, superlatives in school, in middle school or high school, whatever, like college? Did you ever win any superlatives? No. (laughs) You never did? No, they, well, they specifically banned them from high school because it could lead to bullying. But then the second I graduated, the very next group, they all started doing them. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I won Best Smile in seventh grade. (laughs) Wow. And then for senior year of high school, they started doing a superlative called Most Likely to be a Trophy Wife. And. Then they, they gave that they, to you as an eighth no, grader. No, they nixed it because they thought it was too offensive. But yes. I thank you. That's child um, bride status. And <laughs> but they also did a superlative that was a couple that never was, which is just a and it fucking was Katie, disaster. No, it was Katie and the gym teacher. So it no, basically that's, that's just like in, a nightmare for fucking like putting two people who everybody like spe- bullying wise like that is just a nightmare. But. In my sorority, I won most photogenic, so slay. I was runner-up for most athletic at my high school, but I was the only person at my entire high school that went D1 at a Power 5 school. Slay. Yeah. And I did not win most athletic, and I'm still very upset about that. Um, so <laughs> Middle school, like, you're putting people who literally just were in fifth grade and people who are about to start driving cars in the same building. Like, that is just... A fucking cesspool of bullying and people not knowing what's going on in their life and like confusion and there's just no middle better school way in to general is just the fucking worst oh yeah like in eighth grade i and one of my classes had a kid that had been held back twice so he was 16 and in driver's ed 
and he would always be bringing his driver's ed homework into class, and he paid me to do it for him. So it was easy money, and then by the time two years later or whatever that I'm in driver's ed, I've already done all this work, so I just breeze right through it and, you know, pass with flying colors. I did fail the driving test. I failed <laughs> mine, too, the first time. It was BS, but, you know, that's another day. I um, hit the cones the, on the backup. I hit a motorcycle I, one I, time I, driving. I'm more... <laughs> Did they die? No. <laughs> I have got four fifth points fifth on my license, though. Maimed. <laughs> Katie is on her fifth car, and, you know, she's only 25, so do the math. <laughs> one car every two years. One car for every That's a great one average. foot, two feet that I drive with. <laughs> yeah. Katie drives with two feet, guys. Katie basically hits a car every 10,000 miles. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> And right, also, right. yes, viewers, um, if you drive your car with both feet... You are valid. Please stop. Please <laughs> stop. It is dangerous. It is reckless behavior. You're going to injure yourself and others. And Katie, please tell us why you do that. Um, I don't know. I was never taught to drive with just one foot. So I like... But I don't put both feet were on you the ever, pedals. Were you taught to drive with both feet? No. Specifically? Okay, then why did you start? I, that's just what felt natural. But I don't put both feet on the pedals at the same time. I put one on the gas and then pull it back from the gas, then put my left foot on the brake. And then it's like, boom, boom, you switch out really fast. And I have really good... I'm ambidextrous in my feet. So, <laughs> if you teach your kids how to drive drunk, then they'll never be in danger. Then, that's why I'm a soccer star. I'm actually not. The only time I ever played soccer can in my life, I cried on the first day of practice because a girl had the same name as me. I can scored you? a and goal on my own team one time in soccer, <laughs> and my brother was the goalie. <laughs> can you bend it like Beckham? Uh, I can bend and snap. I don't know that. <laughs> like El Woods. Like El Woods. Like Pop Frank's. rock and drop it? <laughs> like uh, Polka dot it. <laughs> like Ken Montana. So guys, what is the best club dance and why is it Pop Lock and Drop It? The Soldier Boy is the best club dance. Yeah. Soldier Boy is, is up Not there. Cupid Shuffle? I don't really see no, that a club Cupid dance? Shuffle in the club. Yeah, do well, we do, do it at Boy? Jolly Rogers at least once a week. No, we've done it like once. And Whenever I think was... Doc is in there, to see the problem is we haven't seen Doc up in there lately. Too niche, too yeah. niche, too niche. Well, Back in the day when like club dances were at their peak, you know, Soldier the Soldier Boy had just come out, Pop Lock and Drop It came out. I mean, uh, fucking the Cat Daddy, you know, all these big big club hits are coming out. I just never really connected with them. I mean, I could do the Soldier Boy for sure, but. I was always a fucking, like, little punk skater kid, and I was, like, going to Warp Tour, you know, like, going to my first concerts were always, like, Warp Tour every fucking summer. Did you get fingered there? I wanted to. Damn. But all the all the old metalheads, they steered clear of me. I guess I wasn't pretty enough. Was that actually was your dreads? first concert was Warp Tour? Yeah, I mean, Warp Tour was my first concert. I saw uh, Paramore... Fucking yellow card. Um, That's a slay. Escape the fate. Mayday parade. Attack attack. I mean, you know, a bunch of these old bands that at the time were very popular. I was like just too late to like the Fallout Boy years of Warp Tour. Yeah. Which would have been fucking crazy. Um, but yeah, and now. I mostly listen to white boy reggae, and we go to fucking white boy reggae concerts like two times a week yeah Yeah. what was your first concert dewey 
My first concert was um, Matt and Kim opening for Blink-182 and My Chemical Romance. Oh, no way. You saw MCR? I saw MCR. On which tour? They were on the Danger Days tour okay. by that point. And, um, I mean, they were they were older. I mean, Gerard Way was old at that point to begin with. Um, but, honestly, of the three, uh, they were all crazy. They were awesome. But Matt and Kim, they brought the energy. I've never seen like live artists bring such live energy like at one point um they were screaming like okay kim's gonna come shake her sweaty ass all over your faces and then she goes and <laughs> crowd walks and then just starts shaking her sweaty ass all over their faces and then they would just grab the microphones and go fuck 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 i was like this is awesome. And Dewey was six <laughs> years old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like 14, but yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, our oh first God. concerts were very different because my first concert was the live High School Musical. <laughs> that was your first concert? Yeah. I was it like the original cast or was it just like... No, no it was. I don't think it was the original cast, but... It, I think you would know no, if it was the original I, cast. I definitely don't think it was. You would have I, creamed your pants if Zac Efron was up on stage. Just a minute. Yeah, I know. That's why I don't think it was. But I, it, it was like High School Musical, like the off-Broadway version of High School Musical. And that was my first concert. My second concert was Hannah Montana with Miley Cyrus. Jesus my Christ. first concert was Bon Jovi. And I don't think that anybody could have a better first concert than that. Like, I, I was in the fucking nosebleeds, but like, it's Bon Jovi. Like, it was the greatest thing I have ever seen. And I think, I mean... Being a fangirl and being, like, a menace concert fucking rat is in my blood. Um, shout out, Gina. But my first actual concert experience being Bon Jovi and seeing these people who are literally five, six decades, probably at that point seven decades older than me, going absolutely feral over this man, that made me into the woman that I am today. So I... <laughs> Completely feral. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. Now see, my second concert, that one was a, a year later. I went up to the Norva for Jared Norfolk, and uh, it was Waka Flocka. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> killer show. Modern legend. Waka Flocka, yeah. and then followed by Steve Aoki, which I made it through the whole set up to the last song, got sheet caked right in the face. Um, not enjoyable. Um, and then followed by Borgor. And that was a sleigh. Borat? Borgor was like an EDM artist. I would have gone wild if it had been Borat. I would have been up there. No, imagine like it'd be like, and then the bass dropping would be like, very nice. That'd be awesome. My wife. My wife. No, that would be amazing. King of the castle. King of the castle. You this? Two pimps, no hoes. Should we start a Borat? EDM like tour. EDM group, yeah. Maybe let's just abandon the podcast and go to Bora EDM niche. Okay, so um, I have been exploring buying a soundboard for us to use on this podcast. Just load it up with Bora. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think like I just miss going to concerts as a kid because now when I go to concerts, like I'm trying to get up front and like I'm fighting through and then I'm like, fuck. I'm out of beer. And then I got to go way back to the back. And then I'm like, shit, my vape is fucking dead. Now my whole night is fucking ruined. And that is when I came up with my ingenious idea that I'm going to start this summer, 
where I just do a vape rental place or like a vape exchange where you come up and you hand in your dead vape battery and I give you a fully charged one and then I plug in the dead ones and keep dealing them out. Like all I need is 20 vapes and a fucking concert tent and I'm going to be a fucking millionaire. Oh, we'll go buy pack, have- we'll buy packs of pods and then, you know, buy them for 20 bucks, sell them for 30. Yeah, you know? I mean, that complicates things. You're trying to sell nicotine yeah. and then it's like, I just want to deal in the batteries. True, you true. Know? But also like, people would pay if their battery at a concert oh, yeah. is dead, they would pay you $30 just to charge their vape battery, no pod or yeah. anything. Oh, for- people would pay a ton of money just to get a fresh vape battery. You could also battery, probably like. just sell loose cigarettes and <laughs> that's also, yeah. that's no, also guys, illegal. Just... <laughs> so it's a concert. No one cares. Yeah. No. And when all of you guys are back trying to charge your vape batteries, I'm going to be elbowing my way to the front of the fucking barricade where I belong. I, one of my favorite things in the entire world, I'm 5'10" is standing in front of short people at concerts Thanks. and then they tap me on the shoulder and they're like I can't see over you. Can you can I get in front of you? No, bitch. <laughs> no. Go get to the fucking back. I was here first. Like if you wanted to be in front of me, you should have gotten here earlier. So that's what happened to you one time in your life? No. Because you were in front of a five nine person? No. I <laughs> five, it was actually it was actually <laughs> to me. She said that to me. I I I'm a barricade, ride the rail, until I die Bitch. person. Jeez. I do not like I do not like being in the middle of a pit at the concert. I'm either either in the rail or I'm in the fucking lawn. Like that's the only way to do a concert. I agree, with the exception of a Travis Scott concert, which I have <laughs> do not go to the not, front. We're not. I have been to personally. I've ridden the rail on that. Um, I can agree Live with the people the at World that um, I thought I was going to die myself. Um, I'm lucky I didn't. Uh, but yeah, dude, it's intense. Like a lot of shows you go to, like obviously the front's aggressive. You're packed in everything. At a Travis Scott one, every single person, like all couple thousand of those people, are actively trying to get to the front at all points. Like you are clinging to that rail for dear life. And the second you let go, you're gone. Have um, you guys ever been to like metal concerts and been in the pit? Turnstile. Oh, yeah, and trying to like get to the front of a fucking metal concert. And sometimes like... You get punched a lot. <laughs> I've been in, um, you know, back in my Warp Tour days, a lot of times the, the closing act, they'll split it. It'll be like a softer or like maybe even a rap show. And then like the most popular metal band that they could get to come on Warp Tour... And you go to this last show, and there's like, you know, 10,000 people in the crowd. And then the whole crowd just starts moshing all at once. It's not just like a select point of the pit. It's like the whole crowd is just moving. It's like being in the middle of the ocean and a nor'easter. And like, I remember I was there with my friend Allie, and everyone was just moving so much and i was like Allie, do you need to fucking get out of this crowd and she's like yes please like she looked at me panicked and we just i just like started pushing people out of the way and like leading the way out just like pushing people onto the ground and sprinting out of this fucking crowd it was the craziest concert crowd i've ever been in I, uh, I saw Lil Ugly Mane up in uh, 
Lil Ugly Mane. Is that a real name of an artist? Yeah, Lil Ugly Mane. I've never heard of it. Did he get that from like a random name generator? Like (laughs) some people get Childish Gambino. Some people get Lil Ugly Mane. That, I would kill myself. He's good. (laughs) He's he's like a production rapper. Is he ugly? He's actually, um... You know, well, so you'll so listen that's to a him. Yes. No, so he's not that, ugly. Anytime well, you say, are, so are they ugly? And they say, well, um, they have a great personality. See, the thing is, <laughs> they're a production rapper. You hear his they're voice. Ugly. You hear his voice. It's very deep. And the image painted in your mind is one image. And then you see him, and he's this scrawny white guy. He looks nothing like what you think he sounds like. Um, but no, people go hardcore at his shows, and uh, there was this one individual, like some middle-aged guy, really short, really bald, really thick guy, but he was just going through, hammer-fisting through the crowd, and I can't tell you how many times he would just punch me in the back of the neck, <laughs> but then he finally started crawling up on stage, turning around and, and stage diving, but he didn't do so in a manner to get caught. Like, he was trying to bowling ball his way and take out as much of the crowd as he could. And he did this, you know, five, six, seven times. And I was fortunately so far close to it that he was jumping over me. But after the second time, I just got pissed at this dude. You know, he's already been punching me and shit. So I started actively pulling him down as he was, like, jumping in the air. Like, dude, I... And finally, like, he's just, like, up in my face, and I deck him in the face. And he just goes, yeah! I'm like, that is not the reaction I was looking for. He's like, do it again. I'm like, no. Like, let's all just be friends here, man. I'm trying to watch the show. And nobody get hit. You Meanwhile, know? there's like 25 people at this show. <laughs> it was it was about like 100 or so, maybe 150. Sorry. I mean, it, it was not a huge show by any means, but you know, there was a sizable audience. I kind of want to get in a fight and have people like cheering me on and like ripping people's hair out, and I'm like, yeah. When I like, I don't know, beat them up. <laughs> go to Nashville and go out on Broadway. Katie, and, you, and go with Katie. No. Fights I, follow I this really, woman. I do attract <laughs> fights, like, terribly, and I do not even participate in them as much as I, like, mm. love... No, as, lo- so as much as I love... So you instigate them and then run no, away and watch from the sidelines. I don't even instigate them. Like, Sam will testify to this. I'm pretty sure all of everybody will testify to this that knows me. Like, when I am sober, I'm, like, I'm definitely, like, a bitch. Like, I am, like... Brutally, I can testify to brut- that. Brutally, like, mean and honest and whatever. But then when I get drunk, I feel like I'm a little bit nicer. And <laughs> Sam and I, like, switch it. Like, when Sam is sober, he's, like, really nice. And then when he gets drunk, like, he's, like, Tell like, me definitely, you're an like, alcoholic without telling no. me you're an alcoholic. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, not a dick I'm just a bitch. But, like, I don't instigate fights. Every fight that I've been around, I'm, like all right, guys, like, let's just go, like, let's get in the Uber, let's go home, let's, like, blah, 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 and everybody's, like, nope. smashing bottles, and, like, when I was in Nashville for one of my friend's birthdays, like, they, we were, like, fighting on Broadway, like, on the corner, scrapping, fucking, like, going crazy over somebody's stolen cowboy hat, like, you we literally were, were just telling a story about how you smashed a bottle over that, somebody. No, that was not me. Oh, okay. You. I was. was I was. I was. Uh, my friends were like getting pinned to the ground, like getting the shit beaten out of them, and I was talking to the guy from the opposing team, and he was like, "Yeah, so like, what turn are you cloak? doing after this?" And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> you I, sound like I, the guy that know. turned Alexander <laughs> Hamilton in." I was like, "I don't know. What are you doing after this?" <laughs> 
<laughs> so like I'm I don't not, know, but this fight guys, is making me really horny. <laughs> I am a lover, not a fighter. I but She's I attract you love after fights. I that's what you do. Yeah, I attract fights for sure. So if you want to get in a fight, I think you were attracted be, to fights. No, they follow me. It's it's yeah, it's bad. But nothing turns me on more than two men trying to fight over me and and defend their honor. Yeah, for sure. I mean, all bitches like that. Everybody likes that. Everybody I don't want that. two men to fight over my honor. I don't have any honor. I'm honorless. <laughs> but I certainly don't want anybody fighting over the scraps that might remain. I can't be a character witness. I have no character. Yeah. <laughs> That's another fight. That's another fight that I literally was the only sole witness to. Anyway, mm-hmm. fights follow me. Um, but I do really enjoy watching fights, not in person, but in media. Um, do you ever watch like female MMA? No, Dude, I don't like. Brutal. I don't like MMA. I don't like wrestling. Like I don't like any of that shit because like I know they did. Did they just want to kiss each other and like it's all fake like literally oh, all dude not all, no 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 you can't convince mm-hmm. me otherwise all professional fighting is fake have you watched female mma they it's, just it's always an undercard you know female, i never male, it doesn't matter they all just want to kiss no, each see, other it's so fake i never make a point to actually watch fights but you know things happen sometimes you catch fights and there's always an undercard that's like the females and the problem with female fighters is neither of them possess the power to deliver a knockout blow. So it turns into like a 10-round slugfest where they're just like beating the absolute fuck out of each other. Like they're covered in blood. Like it's just the most brutal, horrible shit to watch. And uh, um, But yeah, no, that's my experience watching female MMA is, is it's horrible. Like it's honestly like they beat the living fuck out of each other. Unless it's in the I streets, I don't want to. I don't want to watch it. Who do you guys think would win in a fight? The best female MMA fighter or general? As a female, um, I completely agree with his ex girlfriend. Like, she and has it sucks to be allowed to show whole. Yeah. Every female that I know has had some male, at least one in their life, boyfriend or not, act this way towards what they choose and what makes them comfortable. For the listeners who haven't been aware of this, I've only known about it for like 12 hours. Pretty much Jonah Hill uh, responded to his girlfriend's pictures saying that they were like too scandalous and like she's like a surfer, like, you know, just like a beach chick. And she like posted pictures and videos of her surfing and she was like, would you feel better if I like changed the cover photo of the picture and he's like yeah i would like you need to make the cover photo one where you're not like in a thong bikini blah blah, blah. And she's like not a thong but okay like whatever like whatever makes you more comfortable blah he blah literally slid into her dms originally that's how they got together on a picture of her surfing with her butt out yeah you know so how do you slide into one D- one's dms like that and then once you're dating be like no more well because he knows that he had success sliding into her dms and now he's elevated her profile considerably and now he knows that other famous people are sliding into those very same dms mm-hmm. and but you just need to be oh, secure not, in yourself it doesn't matter ever. jonah hill is just a weak person for sure i mean like no, he's, he's just a he's just a little pussy like he's literally the best boyfriend ever and that's straight from his own text to her. <laughs> in, in the super bad, like when they were filming super bad, 
I learned this from Hot Ones with Michael Sarah on it, but Jonah kept getting pissed because McLovin, whoever that actor is, like kept saying the most hilarious, like out of pocket shit. Yeah, you know? the guy from Pitch Perfect. Yes. Yes. And the or neighbors. Kick ass. <laughs> kick ass, yeah. Nah. But he kept saying like the most end role models. <laughs> role models yes dude augie yeah the, the whispering hole yeah. or whispering eye yeah. that's it <laughs> but he kept saying the most hilarious and out-of-pocket shit and like taking the momentum away from like jonah's performance or whatever that's how jonah hill felt and that just shows that he is kind of a little insecure bitch no he is well i saw some like comments someone was saying it was just like yeah because he was like fat and didn't get the girls when he was younger now that he's like famous he's trying to get the hot girls he could never get and then control them and you know belittle them and yeah he probably is like a fucking andrew tate subscriber too (laughs) he would never say that shit out loud but honestly you know that makes me sad because you know up until hearing about all this he'd seem like a very relatable celebrity you know all uh seth rogan i do think that that insecurity is relatable yeah yeah absolutely i mean like katie said it's it's very common for girls to go through this with a guy and therefore it's very common for guys to do this you just would hope that celebrities or people who we admire for their talent like jonah hill could do better than what you would expect out of like one of your bros who's yeah, like having Joe. a tough time yeah. you know like, yeah unfortunately i think that a lot of people see jonah hill as like a bro comedic figure like you know wolf of wall street super bad 21 22 jump street like Moneyball, like all of those films are like it's like comedy that you would expect your bro to like maybe riff off on his like funniest night and I feel like a lot of people see that. And I unfortunately think that probably a lot of people, a lot of guys who are seeing this news about Jonah Hill are probably like, why is that so bad? I said that to 15 girls every Friday night. Like, what do you mean? What yeah. like? I definitely don't think that it's going to like permanently cancel him. And uh, I do think that there's a way that he could come out of this and just be like, hey, like, you're right. I'm sorry. Will he do that? Who fucking knows? But... This is an apologizable offense. Yeah, it's not like, you know, you're diddling little kids. Yeah. A la <laughs> Mr. Rogers. A la Colleen Ballinger. <laughs> Who the fuck is Colleen Miranda Sings. Oh, yes, I did see that. That was fucked up. I don't like, know who thing. she is, but now that I've seen this latest drama about it, I guess now I do. All I've heard is she's grooming little boys or something like that. Like her whole, like fan club she would like interact with them and, and ask like, them like sex questions so she had yeah. a skit where she would like pretend she would pull up like a little a kid from the audience and she would pretend that they were going on a date and she would like have she like her character miranda sings was like very like weird and like weird quirky person and she like, had, like lipstick all over her face like weird voice like, like pants sweatpants pulled up to like her boobs whatever like and so she would stick a thing of like cheese balls in her pants and so she would ask the little boys mostly kids little kids that she pulled up from the audience to like interact be part of the show 
like they were on a date and she would like put their arm her arm around them and then she'd be like you want some cheese balls and like make them reach into her pants where the fucking cheese ball container was to grab them out and like that is fucking weird like you don't even have to do that one time to know that that is not what you need to be doing like that is terrible and she's like oh it was just it was part of my fans i'm like well, the worst Girl. part was her apology was a song. Yeah. She literally was well, her, just, like, playing her acoustic guitar, like... Her PR... <laughs> like, her PR even... people were like, you know, don't talk about this. Like, don't talk about it. Blah, blah, blah. We need to get together a statement. Like, we need to get together. Blah, blah, blah. And then she goes on YouTube, and she's like, they told me that I couldn't talk about it, but I never said I couldn't sing about it. And then she starts fucking it's riffing on the like ukulele. That. Like, it's so bad. And not even, not just that. It's that she made it long enough to be monetized. Not only is she apologizing for being a literal pedophile and a fucking groomer, she's monetizing her apology video. The What's quickest it? way to make people think that you're diddling little kids is to say that you're not diddling little and kids. sing a song about <laughs> it. Yeah. When my listeners inevitably make me stupidly famous and then <laughs> inevitably cancel me, you know, I'm just going to recite the Dan Harmon apology like word for word because it's the greatest apology ever publicly made. <laughs> okay, let's reel it. No, 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 Let's no, reel no, that no, back no, in, no, reel it back no, in. No, no, no. <laughs> no it, it's so I can, like, be anonymously interviewed and they don't even need to bring, like, a, you know... Like, you know how they're talking yeah. about true crime and their face is blacked out and they're like, oh, I don't... I never saw that person. I, think, I lost the riff. I think it's more like this. <laughs> <laughs> now, sonny boy. And now, <coughs> hostile environment has now become the number one voice of the South. We well, put a little bit of South in your mouth. <laughs> hostile environment, the number one sponsor of Viagra and Trucker Pills. Especially the off-brand kind. You know, we're talking extra extenergy torque shit. We're talking bumblebee boner pills. We're talking about El Tigre grande penis enlargers. And yes, this is in fact an ad read. Um, we are sponsored by all of these products. Um, if you are looking for a longer, greater erection if you were born please contact 1-800-hostileenvironmentdoesnotdiddle.com <laughs> i can personally testify there is one inch of growth every month and i am on at least my 11th month of this product i am now packing a solid one eleventh inch. Katie is rolling her eyes severely at us right now. Katie is just talking like she's never been satisfied by a one eleventh inch penis. <laughs> Hear that? That's the strike of thunder. That is an instant erection. We would never recommend a product that we did not personally use. LT Gray Lightning Strike Boner Pills. <laughs> This is my male hack for life, okay? Stop me if I've said this one before. Sit while you pee. Well, <laughs> yeah, sit while you pee, especially if you live with women. That is a true life hack. But my other life hack is called the CGD. 
otherwise known as the cool guy discount. I'm telling you guys this. No matter where you are, you can be in the fucking mall at a fucking Spencer's. You, you rock Even a, Hot Topic? Even a Hot Topic. No way. Work. Even at Tilly's? 100% of the time. Macy's? 80% of the time. You walk up and you're checking out or whatever. And, you know, definitely the sex and attractiveness and definitely age of the... Uh, checkout person matters, but you hit them with a, hey, can I get the uh, cool guy discount? The CGD. And I'm telling you, worst case scenario, they laugh. Best case scenario, and like, honestly, 80% of the time, they laugh, and then it's like a little inside joke between you guys, and they'll give you like any possible discount that they can. Like sometimes they'll give you their shop discount if they really like you, or they'll give you like a local discount. Ask for the cool guy or cool gal discount. It honestly works so fucking often. It will blow your mind. And you, you know literally have never seen you do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I won't do it when I'm with you. Because you're not cool, Katie. And he can't claim to be cool if he's bringing you around. I won't do it with you because you'll make fun of me for it. Or you'll <laughs> be like, yeah, Sam, you're being so embarrassing. <laughs> what, what? 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 Boner! 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 Pills! Thank you for coming to another episode of Hostile Environment. We love you guys. Shout out New Zealand. Shout out the Netherlands. Thank you for tuning in. freaky, baby. We'll see you next week. Love you.